save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Popcorn World. Today, or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So, before the next big game or the next big moment, head on over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet Online, your online sports book expert, and tell them the noise makers. Hey, everybody, it's Lloyd Spence from Believe in the ACC. So I don't know if you've heard about this, but apparently former NBA player Lamar Odom may be returning to professional basketball in Spain soon. Now I was reading a press release about how he started taking a pH balancing alkaline supplement called Balance 7. And that's what has helped him bounce back from his hospitalization in 2015. He even said, I have an enormous amount of energy, which is good for me. And it's important when working out. I always need energy to level up. Now, I couldn't agree more with Lamar. And after watching him fight Aaron Carter in July's celebrity boxing match, I think it's safe to say that Balance 7 is working for you. Cool thing is, we've got a promotion running with Balance 7 right now, where if you go to their website, balance7.com, and use the code BELIEVE at checkout, you'll receive a free 4-ounce bottle of My Smooth Skin with any purchase of Balance 7 products. Now, that product retails at $13.99, so I'd say it's worth it. So, again, head to Balance7.com and use the code BELIEVE at checkout. That's B-L-E-A-V at checkout to get in on the promotion. I know I will. And if it worked for him, it can work for you. And tell them the noisemaker sent you. You're now listening to the lead. ACC, with Hockey Trophy winner and Florida State legend, Mr. Charlie Ward, Wave 3 TV, and Burnett Hall of Famer, Kendrick Haskins, and Mr. Talking Noise himself, and of course, Mama Noise, Lloyd Smith. And now, it's time for Believe. Even working through the technical difficulties tonight, it's still going to be a good show. Sometimes you just got to work around stuff. You, just, you know, you dance, you, you know. You got to make sense. 
Huh? Got to make stuff work. You got to make it work. And for those of you listening on podcasts, you have no idea what we're talking about. Because I'm <laughs> in post. There you go. I'm a wizard. What can I say? That guy to my, if you're watching us on the screen, the guy to my right is Kendrick Haskins, and the guy below us is none other than Heisman Trophy winner. He can, you can never say that enough. It's Charlie Ward. Now, go ahead and get it. I know that he won a Heisman Trophy because he, uh, that's how he, um, you know, that's we, we know him. That's how we know him. But he wants to act like we don't know that he won the Heisman Trophy. So, that- and that was a Charlie Ward humble flex. Shame on you, Charlie Ward. Shame, shame, shame. <laughs> but we love you anyway. It's yeah. been a while. So why 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 do you why do you say like national championship? Come on now. If you're going in, go all the way in, Charlie. I'm just saying. Uh, you know what? <laughs> yeah. And that was a Charlie Ward humble flex. You're right, Charlie. I'll start. Listen, <laughs> I will correct myself going I forward. Why would you choose Heisman? We always choose Heisman. But if you want us to extend your moniker, we can. Oh, I, I like the team. I like the team one better. Okay. Well, from now on, uh, the, the quarterback <laughs> of the championship, Florida State Seminoles. What was that, 93? It's 1993, right? You got to tell us the year? Sure, you can look it up. <laughs> We're not going to humble flex you. We're not going to no, humble, go flex, you. Not gonna humble <laughs> flex you for telling us the year, Charlie. We should humble flex it for not just admitting admit the year. Right. Yeah, anything, we right? humble flex for the opposite. We got a great show planned for you guys tonight. Um, before we get into this realignment draft, which is, is I think is going to be interesting because it's happening anyway, so we may not be too far off of what uh, could possibly be taking place all across the country. Uh, but before we get into that, we got something that we have to get off our chest. So we're um, kind of introducing a new subject um, entitled, we got to get this off our chest. All right. <laughs> Because this things are getting out of hand in college sports right now. Excuse me? Huh? You said getting? Yeah, things are getting out of hand. Or they've gotten out of hand. Maybe they've gotten out of hand. Yes. But when, when you have kids transfer, it's one thing to transfer because the team you were on, you thought there may be some conflict and some stuff not going quite the way you wanted it to go or whatever. So you transfer it. But it's another thing to transfer again. After the same thing happened, at some point, now I'm like Charlie Ward. Now, come on. What is this? So, Kendrick, lay down the story for us so everybody can get understand exactly what we're talking about. As we introduce this brand-new seg- segment, we got to get this off. off. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a couple of situations I dealt with lo- locally. First, uh, the most recent um, University of Kentucky named Will Levis the transfer from Penn State as their starting quarterback, which means their transfer from Auburn left. He's transferring. He entered the transfer portal, Joey Gatewood. And that's what happened this week. And then earlier before fall camp even started, uh, Christian McCaffrey, his younger brother, transferred from Nebraska to the University of Louisville. And before he before we even got to fall camp, he transferred out once he realized that Malik Cunningham was going to be the starting quarterback, which how did you not know that coming in when you decided when you picked Right. It wasn't a surprise. And so it led us to our question, and the best person to answer the question is the guy below us who's acting like we don't know he won the Heisman Trophy, Charlie Ward. What is up with these quarterbacks seemingly not wanting to compete for a starting job or if they don't get it, you know, because you know, a quarterback is – the backup quarterback is always a snap away from being the starting quarterback. Why are they – why why are they being so sensitive? Why do they want to leave so fast? Uh, that's a great question. 
that uh, they probably have a they probably have a lot of answers outside of the let's, let's just think of the obvious uh, like entitlement in the sense that um, a lot of kids come in with these stars uh, now and if they don't get like the opportunity that they're seeking then they're looking to move somewhere else and I, I that's why I'm, I'm such a big believer in trying to train my guys my players that i coach trying to train them that everything's not going to go your way so how are you going to deal with uh adversity um you know you do have some kids that transfer out because they're not going to get a chance to play um, as much as they would like and they can move on um but the ones who normally stay uh, sell them on the road, and this role goes from year to year. But it's tough for me to understand because, you know, I had to wait three years to play a quarterback, and one of those years I punted. And so, you know, it was it was tough from that year, but I also had basketball to kind of help relieve my mind. But even if I didn't have basketball, I still would have stuck it out because coach told me that, I will have to wait my turn. Now, the toughest thing about what we have today is when you've been told that you're very good in high school and you've had some success and you go to a major program, a lot of times they say you're compete for the job. I don't know what else they're telling them because if they told them that they're not just going to compete for the job, then or they tell them they're going to win the job, or they're going to have a job after such and such leaves, then that's something totally different. But even still with that, at some point, man, I mean, there has to be some type of commitment to the process. And I just keep going back to Mac Jones. Uh, you know, he's an outlier in a, in a lot of ways, you know, where he waited until, you know, his last year where, you know, he, he got on the field when Tua got hurt. And I was, you know, mid-season. Mm -hmm. And then he had one year to prove himself, and he did a great job of doing mm -hmm. that. And so I, I, I'm just a big believer in, man, we never know what God's plan is for our life, but we keep moving his plan and keep moving, and we, and we get uh, cluttered. Our mind get cluttered. And so we don't really know where we're going and where we're trying to go because we're always trying to find the next best thing as opposed to just staying there. Because like you said, Kendrick, I mean, one injury away, or let's say the guy who's playing in front of you don't play well. Right. I mean, that was me. My junior year, I had a, had a teammate of mine who ended up going to play baseball, uh, Kenny Felder. He was drafted, and he ended up going to play baseball our junior year, redshirt junior year, because he was in for three years. I didn't play well the first few games in the sense that I was throwing a lot of interceptions. Now, if Kenny was there because we were in the same class, he'd have probably got an opportunity to go out and, and compete or perform, you know, as well. I'm just saying you never know what the plan is. But what we do know now is they've transferred. Those two guys we just mentioned, and it probably last because there's going to be somebody else to slide. They didn't get a chance to play, you know, be the starter right now, that they're going to move on, especially the ones who are who have some more eligibility, I should say. Mm -hmm. It's just you, you never know. But those two guys have transferred from two programs within two years or a year and mm -hmm. a half. Right. To me, that's just unstable in a lot of ways. How, right. how, much, how much of this is coaches? You mentioned it a little bit. But do you think it might be coaches overselling the opportunity? Like, you know, coaches are always, you know, I, I imagine coaches are looking for safety nets and saying, okay, I got to protect myself if this kid goes down, which I understand that. But if you oversell the opportunity, you're selling the kid on something that's not necessarily real. So maybe is how much of this is overselling the opportunity uh, because you, you as a coach is, is trying to keep your own safety net? Well, that could be an issue as well. Yeah. Um, you know, selling kids on, yes, you'll have a chance to come in to compete, 
But you got Malik Cunningham, and I mean, you're not winning the job. He's been there for three years, and right. he's done a great job. And this is like his last year, so I don't know where he had the idea that he's going to win the job. <laughs> right. That shouldn't even have been a question. Uh, and the the kid should have known that going in that yes, I'm going to compete for the job, but there's a possibility that I won't win this job because the guy that's playing has been playing in the system for three years. Now, Christian McCaffrey, uh, is it Christian? Yeah. Uh, no, it's not Christian. It's Christian McCaffrey's brother. Yeah, well, brother. but then Christian transfer. I want. Why not? Think, why am I thinking Christian transferred? He, he he opted out of the bowl game. That's what it was. Okay, yeah. that's what. But it was. the brother should be patient because Malik Cunningham is leaving after this year. Yeah. And so Luke McCaffrey's his name. Luke McCaffrey. Yeah. So if I was him. I would have stayed to learn the system, very similar to the Jameis Winston model. Go somewhere, learn the system, because you have a great idea that that guy who's in front of you is going to be leaving or retiring. And now I can understand the system. So if someone else comes in, I'm ahead of the game. Yeah. But you keep going to these different systems, and the systems are different. So now you're having to start all over again. Every time. It, it, it to me it just doesn't make sense you know in a lot of lot of respects and i, I think uh joey gateway is it gateway gateway yeah he left auburn early so he could go get ahead of the system and then he comes and get, gets beat out by a running back a guy who played running back last year i mean he played some quarterback but i think he was a running back now to me now that's a slap in the face because I've been there for almost a year and then a guy comes in and I can't beat him out. Then I can understand his frustration, but I'm still at the point where, man, you just transferred. You just learned a whole new system. Give it some time and, you know, see it out because yes, he has a talent. I just would hope these guys stop going to Division One programs, major high Division One programs, seeking, you know, a place to, to land. Just go to, you know, HBCU or a F, F, FCS team. So yep. what they need a top-ranked quarterback, top-flight quarterback, and go and just prove yourself there. Well, because like, if you're NFL good, you're good, NFL good, no matter where you are. And they're going to find you. Right. And, you I, and I can just point out just around here, the last two great quarterbacks at the University of Louisville has been Teddy Bridgewater and Lamar Jackson. Well, guess what? Teddy didn't start when he first got here. Will Gardner was the starting quarterback. Right. Here. Will Gardner was like 5'9". And then like Teddy came in in the second half against Kentucky and, it was and you know, yeah, his stuff. Yeah, Lamar yeah. Jackson – I mean, he would I mean, he he was in and out and in and out. I mean, I remember he played. They played Houston here, and Lamar like threw out like two or three intercepts. His first Lamar's first pass at the University of Louisville was some trick play that Bobby drew up, and he threw an interception against Auburn down in Atlanta. And so he was in and out and in and out. He didn't really secure the starting starting position really until. The end of his freshman year, yeah, and then in that in that bowl game, his come out his coming out game was that Music City Bowl game against Texas A and M when he lit them up, and then it was on from there. And so, but if you if Lamar and Teddy had the mentality of these kids today that we've been seeing lately, they would have been gone. Now both of them are Lamar's a <laughs> Lamar Lamar's a former NFL MVP. And Teddy Bridgewater is competing for the starting job for the Denver Broncos, and so I mean, it, I mean, sometimes you you can't have everything handed to you when you first get to college, especially at that position. But I don't think those are those are two bad examples because the reality of it is, is that whether you do it in 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 college or whether you do it in the NFL, at some point you're gonna have to compete for a job. Right. Like, look at look at now. We all believe that Trevor Lawrence is going to be the starting quarterback in Jacksonville. I'm pretty sure that we, you know, we would all agree. But at the same time, I like the fact that there's a there's a slight chance that he might not be. 
Well, look and at I, Justin Fields in Chicago. Yeah. I mean, he, he may not like he's clearly the better option. But yeah, he looked like the better option, but <laughs> he still got to compete for the job. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Uh, he's only played one preseason game, Justin Fields. Right. Uh, I, uh, there's going to be some growing pains. I don't care who, who you are. As a rookie, you're going to have growing pains. You may have two good games, and then people start catching on to what you're doing, and then you struggle. You may struggle until you figure it out. And yeah, so, did Peyton Manning lead the league in interceptions his rookie year? Yes, oh. they all have. Uh, I haven't seen yet <laughs> come in and just tear up the league. Um, you know, without having some growing pains, everyone has to go through it. And sometimes struggle is, is good. You know, it helps build character. It helps, you know, be able to stick, stick to something, uh, see it through. And if it's not God's will for you to get on the field as much as you like, at some point, how long is good? I mean, how long is enough? And so I'm, I'm a two year guy. Uh, there are a lot of guys, Matt Jones, as I mentioned, he's a one-and-a-half-year guy. There's some guys who only play one year, and they still mm -hmm. do well. There's some guys who play two years. They still do well. And, you know, sometimes you may have to just wait your time to be able to get on the field and play. Well, but if you look at don't do that. If you look at all of college sports historically, most guys – are not three-year guys. Like, it, it doesn't happen as much as you might think, or as much as people think that it would happen. You know, like, like I watched, we watched, uh, what's his name? Um, that just, we just talked about, Trevor Lawrence. <coughs> That's kind of an outlier. Like, for him to start three years and play at a high level all three years, that's the outlier. That doesn't happen most times. Most times the guy may start three years, but he's not great all three years. Right. You know, yeah, he might be great the second year. If they, like you said, can you halfway through the second year, if something clicks and the game starts to slow down and all of a sudden he becomes this great quarterback. But the reality of it is most of the time you're going to have to learn how to play college football. Just I mean, like we've got a great quarterback on this show who once tried to – punt a ball and hit the top of the carry, though. <laughs> it wasn't me. Yeah. If anybody want to know, it wasn't me. Well, I mean, but I mean, I mean, that speaks to I me, mean, thinking about that, as, as beside how funny it was that Charlie did that, Right. that this is a guy that won the Heisman Trophy and played in the NBA, and in the early, to just to get on the field, he punted. Right. And then now, now we've got guys that's just transferring just because they're not going to start immediately. It, it, it's like they say, you know, that's this is the new school. There's some things about new school that just aren't good. I, I mean, you can say I'm old school, the people are old school. I mean, there's some things about being old school that are good. Now, of course, yeah. there's some things that are outdated as well that needs to progress. But core values, commitment. All those things, you know, loyalty. Loyalty is not a good one because people aren't really loyal uh, in any way, shape, or form. Um, but not all the time, I should say. Uh, but it's just, man, it's just disheartening because I, I would be interested to see what kind of stat uh, people who follow these transfers, and we could just specific, specifically talk about the quarterback position, how many times do these quarterbacks transfer and then get an opportunity to play at their next at their next school like the following year? Um, I mean, we can look at Justin Fields and say he did it. Well, he went into a ready-made situation where they needed a guy like him to be able to help them continue and carry over. Jack Cohn, Cohen, I think it is, is playing at Notre Dame. He went into a situation where they didn't really have – you know, he's playing because he has experience. I mean, that's what Coach said, I mean, in a, in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. you know, other guys just didn't have the experience. And then trying to put him in an environment against Florida State, mm -hmm. he felt like Cohen was the be better uh, solution uh, or answer to the quarterback uh, position. So, yes, there are some outliers in a sense where guys go in and play right away. 
but most of those guys are, are, are more seasoned vets. Yeah. You know, that's been around, played a lot, and now they kind of move into that spot. Uh, but the ones who are trying to make it and then they transfer because they don't win a job, man, that's just like the kid on, on the playground. I didn't, get chosen. I didn't get chosen, so I'm taking my ball because that's my <laughs> ball, and I'm going home. Right, right. But you know what? The other part of this is you're, you're, you're trying to pursue an NFL or an NBA dream. And if you are, one of the things that I would assume, and Charlie, you can speak to this better than anybody else on this panel, NBA and NFL teams want to see is a consistent work ethic. Like, I want to see that you can work. I want to see that you can come into this program and grow in this program. And how are you doing that? You're not proving that if you're hopping from school to school when things get tough. To me, if I'm an, if I'm an NFL GM and I'm staking my six-figure job on that, you are not a candidate of someone that I want to draft early on or even late because, man, what do, what do we do? What do I do with you when it gets tough here? And by the way, it's going to get tough here. Yeah. This is the NFL. So I would not – that would not be a kid. Either one of those kids wouldn't be kids I'd want to draft. Well, unfortunately, if you, if you, go, if you go down the list of NBA – First round, first top, like the top 10 picks. You can go and look at their history. Uh, they probably changed multiple times high schools. Mm. Uh, they probably changed multiple times AAU programs. Um, and some of them are one-year players, like my man Jalen Johnson, I think his name is. The dude actually left in the middle of the season at Duke. Mm. Um, and he got drafted high. He's just a talent, um, and I mean, sometimes it's not even about the uh, the other part um, because there may have good reasons. I mean, we're sitting here uh, speculating, but I'm speculating that if you leave two programs like in a year and a half or <laughs> two years, then there's some something something to that. No, that's right. something with you at that point. Yeah, yeah. no, I'm with you on that. Just because you didn't win the win the job, and now I'm transferring. Now that's something totally different than, you know, I don't say totally, but it's something different uh, when a kid leaves in the middle of the year during a COVID year. Yeah. Well, we got that off our chest. I feel better uh, now that we have this segment. I'm definitely gonna feel better because I'm sure there's other things that are gonna come up. We're gonna want to get it off our chest. So there you go. Thank you for that, Kendrick. We appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm ready if you guys are. Um, let me explain the rules for everybody watching. Uh, as you know, uh, Texas and Oklahoma have pretty much blown up college football <laughs> over a couple of weeks by deciding they want to leave the Big 12 and go to the SEC. And uh, they have been granted their wish. Uh, now, the timetable of this is what's in question right now. How soon will it happen? Allegedly, it's going to happen no sooner than what was I think I heard twenty twenty five or twenty. It's initially supposed to be twenty twenty five. I bet it's twenty twenty two. Yeah, it will. <laughs> you can bet your bottom dollar it'll be this time next year that they're in the big uh, or the SEC. So <laughs> we thought it might be fun to uh, have our own realignment uh, draft and see where teams might end up now. What we're realizing is that the key to this draft is that the conference itself has to be somewhat stable. <laughs> and so the NCAA is not even stable. Well, I was gonna say the NCAA is not stable, but if we're if we're going by that as a quote unquote rule, there's only really three conferences that are somewhat stable. The ACC, the SEC, and the Big Ten, yeah. the Big Ten stable. Yeah, the, the Big, Big Ten. Ten. They've got yeah. their they got their TV contract. Big Ten stable. Yeah. So we're going to use those three and push everybody into those conferences. And so I, uh, Mr. Noy, will represent uh, the Big Ten, and I will pick third in this draft. 
Um, do you, are we doing the snakes now? Like back and forth? Sure. Seems fair, right? Okay. All right. Uh, Kendrick will pick second, representing the SEC. And, of course, it would be completely unfair to ask Charlie Ward to pick against uh, the ACC. So he will pick for the ACC. So with the number one pick in the conference realignment draft, using uh, the conferences uh, from our pre-draft sheets, (laughs) Charlie Ward, who are you selecting? In round one. Well, my round one uh, selection, of course, let, let's just get this straight. This All this realignment stuff is about money. I mean, it's not even no about question. Anybody kind of, it's, it's all about how much money we can get for our schools. Yes. Uh, that's, that's, that's essentially what it is. So uh, with that in mind, I'm going for one program to solidify my number one pick. Okay. Notre Dame football. I, I kind of gathered that they Give would go three first. One. I, I kind of figured they would go first. All the other sports are already in. Right. So we just need Notre Dame football to come join us, just like Long, like the Longhorn, the Longhorn Network and all yeah. that. We yeah. need SEC. We need Notre Dame football to come and join uh, the ACC, because we probably could make more with them being in the conference. Um, they got everybody else in, so I don't know why they dragging their feet. I know, I know why. So, but- so it brings up an interesting, a very interesting point that you're bringing to the table with the pressure that is being put on all of this. Do you think there are conversations now with the Notre Dame where they're saying, listen, we don't want to be the last man, you know, left to turn the lights off at this this realignment party. So shouldn't we just go ahead and solidify this and get it over? Because it's a seamless transition. We're just talking about one sport. Right. I mean, essentially that's it. And they could definitely help put us in that same similar category as SEC. You can have the NBC all to yourself. The ACC can have the NBC all to itself. You think NBC would do that? Yes, Why man. Not? That's up to NBC if they want to take over. And I'm sure there's a contract they'd have to buy out from ESPN for the ACC network. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think it would be interesting to see NBC dive Maybe. into the party because they, they're not spending any money anywhere else. I mean, they could get it for cheap because it's not like the ESPN is exactly spending any money on the ACC network. Well, and then it's the other side. <laughs> NBC just cleared up a whole lot of money by not renewing the NHL contract. So they got uh, some ESPN money. just signed an NHL contract. Huh? Well, ESPN picked up the NHL. Yeah. Right, ESPN picked up that contract. So they got a little money left over, I'm sure. So why not go all in on the, on the ACC? And maybe you can uh, and convince Notre Dame to go ahead and buy in. And I mean, they already put the USA men's basketball on the on Peacock, so which was a disaster. Which was a disaster, by the way. Yeah, you know how they were rewarded for doing that with the lowest Olympic ratings of all time. <laughs> You're welcome. So, I didn't say they were the smartest people. I just say what they did. Basketball being the two money-making sports, so you got football and basketball. You know that's a good point about NBC bringing their deal. They can get all the money to uh, the ACC and put all their resources in there. And you know whatever the SEC is doing as far as these contracts with TV. Yeah, NBC can just make the ACC their their own little baby. If I'm NBC, yeah. I approach ESPN on a, in a joint partnership conversation to say, you keep the lower tier game each week. Give us your best two games every week, uh, including Notre Dame, and let's, let's do a joint partnership. So what you're saying is they basically become the Clemson Network. <laughs> Clemson and Notre Dame. <laughs> Why not? You know what I mean? I mean, it, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah it yeah. makes total sense. Makes yeah, sense. you got to get in the game. You got to figure out a way to get in the game, and that's the only way to get in. But no shocker here in round one. Um, uh, Charlie Ward going with Notre Dame for 
the uh, an official all in S uh, ACC. Kendrick Hassan's picking number two. Who are you going with for the SEC? So I'm representing the Southeastern Conference, where it just means more. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I like the accent. That's really strong. And so I'm going off the board. I'm going oh. way off the board geographically. Oh, okay. Because I'm thinking about market size. Football is already it is. You need to improve basketball. Okay. Go way out west for the SEC. USC. UCLA. I was thinking UCLA. I was UCLA. UCLA is just good enough at football to where they won't be Vanderbilt. And and basketball, they add instant credibility. You get you get um, Kentucky. You give Alabama, who was good last year. Those good. I mean, the you bulk up the SEC West big time. Uh, and so, I mean, I feel like if if we if total hypothetical, of course. If you're going to start perching those leagues, poking those leagues, UCLA for the SEC. Let me tell you why that's a smart, smart play. Because now that there's this thing called the NIL, that is exactly what you'd want to do. And you're talking, and it's the number two media market. Smart. I'm, In an area that does that, that does somewhat care about football, even though it is more USC. They care about USC football more than UCLA. But – you don't need another strong football team, but you do. You, you could use another strong basketball team, and yeah. what stronger program and uh, that comes in with bigger blue blood than UCLA? I like it. I like I'll it. I'll be interested to see uh, who else you put because, man, that's a long travel for UCLA. Woo! Yes. Yeah, but it's <laughs> yeah, a fantasy track. <laughs> well, listen. With the third pick representing the Big Ten, I'm going to stay in the Pac-12, and I'm poaching USC. Same thing. Same reason. It's an easy, easy, and we need a strong football team because we just lost Texas and Oklahoma. But you picking up USC? Yeah, because I got I get the, I get the first pick in round two, so I can come right back to the Pac-12, which is what I'm about to do, and pick up Stanford. Well, I'm gonna pick up Stanford. I'm gonna pick up Stanford. I'm picking up Stanford. If I were you, I'd have gone Oregon. Well, I, listen, I thought about Oregon, but I'm already having travel issues. So <laughs> who, cares I, I, about, who cares about travel? It's not our gas. <laughs> well, but 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 here's what I get in Stanford. In Stanford, I get a great football team or stable football team, but I also get a stable basketball team on the men and women's side. Yeah. So so I'm looking at the whole scope, all three sports. So I like and a competitive baseball team. So I can really so Stanford can bring us some money. So I'm going Stanford. And so since we're doing the snake draft, that means I'm second, right? You are next, brother. Come on, ducks. So you're going <laughs> on you're getting you're getting you're getting I was saying you're getting another media market with the uh, the Oregon state of Oregon. You're getting great football. You're getting stable basketball that can compete, and oh, you're let's getting call it what it is. You're getting Nike. That's that's where I was going. And we're getting <laughs> Nike. Nike already supplies most of the SEC anyway. Right. So right. Go ahead and bring on Nike and bring on the Ducks to the SEC. That's fair. That's fair. All right, Charlie, where are you going? ACC. Who else we getting? Um, well, this was Coach Bowden's last game, and they brought a lot of fans to the game here in Florida. And that's West Virginia. Ooh. And natural fit for the ACC anyway. Virginia is close to Virginia. Virginia Tech. Yeah. Uh, we're saturating that area, but it's still close enough to where people can get to it. Um, it's not a huge drive. And I put those two schools in the coastal, coastal division. I like it. I like it. I like it. All right. Well, Charlie, you're back up in round three. So, um, who are you going with for round three? Round three? Yeah. I got to go to Texas. I am going to go with a team who is basketball strong. Okay. Because ACC is a basketball strong conference. Okay. 
And so this gives us an opportunity to be, it's a smaller market, well, kind of a small, it's not really, but I'm talking about Baylor. I mean, it is one of national championships and basketball. They're a small private university. Yeah. Uh, of course, in Waco, but they have great resources. Close football, enough to Dallas. Football, you know, will we'll improve. Uh, you know, without Braz being there, he did well. Even though he had all the, the issues going on, that mm. means that they at least have a chance to get back there because someone showed them what it looks like. Gotcha. And so they could be competitive in the ACC in football, but they'll be a, up another team that can upgrade ACC in basketball, women's and men's. Because and men's. two major uh, programs make all the money. And so if you have two men's and women's programs that's doing really, really well, that means you have extra uh, moolah. And football-wise, you know, they're, they're, they'll they'll make do. Awesome. But, that, that's and, you know, oh, I, and I was remiss because when I brought up when I brought Oregon into the Southeastern Conference, I didn't mention their women. Their women's basketball program is fantastic as well. It is. It is. It is. All right. Uh, your your SEC pick. My next SEC pick. I'm going back down to the Sunshine State. Okay. A team that claims they won a national championship a couple of years ago and did not. And they did not. Well, <laughs> they, weren't, they were undefeated. UCF. You see the SEC Knights. Oh wow! You're bringing in a uh, a huge alumni base. It's, I think it's one of the bigger alumni bases in the country. A huge school, period. It's a huge school. Right. A huge enrollment. You're in, you're right there in Orlando, which means you're getting that market. If they're in the SEC, you're getting the part of the Tampa market too. Got to go UCF. They don't really bring. They they struggle. They're not as they're not as sharp basketball wise, but uh-huh. I think they can compete. And and and, and the, but football wise, I think they're definitely coming in there and they're going to compete. And they're coming in with a chip on their shoulder. So we're going with UCF. I like it. I like you it. You give them more money. I'm sure they can. They right. Can they get that SEC contract money. <laughs> They'll build up the basketball program. That's exactly right. Well, speaking speaking of the basketball program, I'm going to go in a very different direction here for my uh, third round pick uh, because I feel like our football in Big Ten is comparable to anybody. I think we can compete with anybody. We've proven that. But our basketball all the way across the board has lacked a little bit. So I need to strengthen up our basketball. But I'm going to do it in a way that you're not expecting. I'm going UConn. Really? I'm yes. Kansas. I thought you were going Kansas. Well, again, I have this. I have a back-to-back pick here. So <laughs> I have options. But I don't know if I want to do Kansas. read your mind, Mr. Spence. Yeah. The, 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 the Kansas pick, I don't know. I'm, I'm vacillating on that. But I love what UConn's women brings to the table. And if UConn's women are now in the Big Ten, that makes everything else attractive so now we can get these other two back to where they need to be because UConn's men has the tradition basketball wise now we just got to get the football program moving in the right direction which I think we can do um now more money huh if you give them more money you give them more money you give them more opportunity so uh I'm gonna go a different direction also in uh my round four because I thought about Kansas I really did but then there's this other Pac-12 team that I feel like I have to go get. It's Arizona. I feel like I have to get Arizona. I like what they – I like what – huh? You bypass Kansas? I'm bypassing Kansas. I'm by, I know Kansas is the natural fit, but I, I, I'm looking at West Coast money. Okay. And I like West Coast money. And I like what Arizona does, brings to the table. So I'm going to Arizona. Well, since you left the Jayhawks on the board, I'm going to Kansas. You're going Kansas. All right. Going to Kansas because, I mean, you get great basketball, football suspect. It's I mean, terrible. 
I was being nice and saying suspect. No, it's <laughs> and see, I feel like I feel like I would have to work too hard because it's 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 bad in no, a because you know because you know what you know what the part of it too is you, you know the main excuse for all the SEC teams that that don't play anybody outside of the conference is oh the conference schedule is too hard. Well, now you have a homecoming team. <laughs> That's a conference game every year in, the, in Kansas University. Yeah, at least one win. <laughs> and then, but fan base wise, you get the whole state of Kansas because their only competition in the whole state of Kansas is Kansas State, and they're dominating right. that. So, Kansas, welcome to the SEC. But I'm only, but see, the only reason I didn't do Kansas is because I'm only getting one sport, literally one sport, like men's basketball. That's it. Are they good in other stuff? Maybe. I don't oh, know. That. They're terrible in everything. <laughs> Other than basketball, they're terrible in everything. But yeah, but I mean, can you imagine a basketball conference that has Kentucky, UCLA, and Kansas? I like, I like that. <laughs> that part you like. That part you like a lot. That part you like a lot. All right. That, that'll make up for the money missed in other sports. It would, right. it would absolutely have to. It absolutely have to. Okay. Well, what, what direction are you going, Charlie? Well, I'm going for an area. Um, I know I played with quite a few guys in this area um, here at Florida State when I played, and that's the DFW area. Ah, I see what's going on here. And <laughs> I need a school in that area, and just because it has a lot of rich talent in that in that DFW area. Um, and so I'm going with. The horn frogs. <laughs> is that the is that the signal? Yes. Oh, he would man. know. They got to work on that. Well, he would know. <laughs> and they, <laughs> they I love have, how he mentioned everything except the obvious when it comes to TCU. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I I like to see my daughter probably living <laughs> at the games. But, uh, if they were in ACC, it would make it a lot easier to be able to go uh, to the games. And if they're playing here, she can come home. There you go. There you there go. You go. But, uh, TCU, like it. It, they're also a small private school with some rich tradition, uh, with some resources. Um, and football, they're, 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 they're okay. Basketball, they're okay. Yep. Um, they have some other sports that they do well in as they're well. They're good in baseball. They're, yeah, they're, yeah. yeah, baseball. I just think it's a t and soccer. I think it's just a good mix. They're very similar to like a Wake Forest. Yeah, and 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 the way they're kind of structured. All right. So you got the back to back pick. So round five. Who are you going with? I I, I stopped because I didn't. Um, I didn't want more than. So the ACC's out. That's all you're doing. Those four teams. Because I'm I'm planning on playing in football a nine a nine schedule uh, nine conference games schedule. And one of those games will be a crossover. Okay. Because I don't want to saturate the market. I mean, saturate, you know, the whole league. So how many teams do I have? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. That's eighteen teams. That's a good balance number for me. Nine and nine. Maybe so you stand with that. You can go with ten, but I don't want to dilute just to just to have somebody. So okay, so let me let me let me throw out another question because you bring up you you threw us a curveball just now. Um, do you think that's what they're thinking in the conference alignment where? Nine, maybe possibly ten at the max, and you're talking. Go ahead. If I was running it, yeah, yes, nine. Oh, wow, no longer, no more than ten is the max because once you start, when um, it, it makes for a lot of great games during the course of the year for sure, mm -hmm. um, and you can match them up, you know, however you want to match them up. Uh, but one of the things um, I learned was, you know, when you play eight conference games and we're talking about money, each year you're playing home and home and home. So that means you're moving out, you're losing out on the game. Uh, 
but when you have a team like a FCS team that you're playing and you can reciprocate those teams each and every year, there may be a different team, mm. but you get those home games. And those home games, you can make a whole lot of money um, if you're bringing good games on the back end from a conference standpoint. Now, let's just say you're bringing in Duke. Let's look at this uh, ACC. You got Duke, mm -hmm. Wake Forest, who's not bad. I mean, a lot of teams now are starting to pick up, so it's hard. I mean, most of these games are starting to pick up. You know, the games are good, you know, in the ACC. Right. And mm -hmm. SEC, Big Ten, if you're picking up these teams, most of the games are going to be pretty good. Um so it really doesn't matter now if you have a strong, you know, conference schedule because you can make up those resources that you may miss uh, just by playing some of the F FCS schools. Okay. Two or three games. Kendrick, are you are you is the SEC stopping at what they have? I'm picking one more. Okay. All right. Who are you going with? I want the whole West Coast uh, sold up. So I got UCLA in California. Right. I've got Oregon. Go ahead and give me Washington. Give me that Seattle oh, yeah. market. You're going with Washington. Okay. Give me that Seattle market. All right. That's, I think that's a great pick. I, I'm going to go a different route, uh, possibly uh, shocking, because uh, I feel like we want to get to an even 20. So we got 10 and 10. So, so I'm going to shock the world. And go with Boise State. That's not a shot. I like I'm it. A, I'm gonna give Boise State the resources they need to be great. Let me correct you. It's Boise. What is it? It's Boise. It's not Boise. It's not to, Boise. If you go to Boise, Idaho, they will correct you in a heartbeat. It's Boise. <laughs> so it's Boise. It's Boise. It's like B O Y C. Really. Boise. Yes. Wow, that's actually shocking. Yes, they will correct you. That's actually shocking. And who are we to judge? We're from Louisville. I, listen, <laughs> I, I, listen, that's what I was gonna say. I, I will, uh, I will abide by the laws that have been afforded to me. All right. All right. So my twentieth team and final team. I don't have a Texas team. I need a Texas team. There's only one Texas team left. H time. Texas. No. Texas. The Texas Tech Red Raiders. We're going to Lubbock. That's in the middle of nowhere. That's what I was thinking. But with Texas Tech, I get an exciting brand of football. I get a solid basketball team. And that's probably about it. Houston was in the Final Four last year. They were. But was that an anomaly? Or was that, or was that their new reality? Was Texas Tech going to the national championship and anomaly? Texas Tech, was in, Texas Tech was there the year before, right? So was that an anomaly? Yeah. Because, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But I, I gotta, I gotta have a Texas go ahead team. Add one more team, and it's gonna be H Town. You go over Houston. There you go. Yeah. You can't welcome. leave H Town out. That'll be good. Uh, you. You're really, really saturating. You got Texas. Well, that's a different market because Houston's big. So right. You yeah. market. Yeah. yeah. You got Houston. You got Texas and m And then you have Austin. Texas. And you got Texas. Yeah, you got he's, he's doing well. Listen. I've locked, hey, down, I've locked down the state of Texas and the whole West Coast. Hey, I didn't <laughs> say this little exercise was going to produce a, a – a weaker SEC is in the money, <laughs> right? That's it didn't produce a weaker SEC. How much? I ask this question. Yeah, I noticed we did it for fun in a sense, but how much will the money that you make cost the programs to travel for travel now? Yeah. Will they equal out or will it be still we making way more money? Um, <laughs> so much money. <laughs> I think what's gonna happen is it's going to make 
for some interesting decisions game-wise because now teams are going to have to decide, do I travel back or do I just travel forward? You mean that you mean when Oregon and Florida meet, it'll be a problem. <laughs> Could be a problem. Could be a problem. Right? They may have to meet in a neutral side or something. I don't know. Well, the way I mean, way way it is now, the SEC teams like that, like Alabama and Kentucky, play once every like six years as it is, and so hey, yeah, Oregon and Florida will play once every decade. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well. But now, all jokes aside, we're laughing and having fun with this today, but we're not – it feels like we're not that far away from something happening. Like We're not far away from that this goofy scenario acting, actually being real life. Actually being real life. And and it may, it may come down to a five-tiered group. Like there's, you know, um, whatever that is, 2020, 2020, however it works. You know, and while we laugh, we laugh, and really, I mean, we we said the Pac-12, but if we're really being real about it, money-wise, the Pac-12 is making more than the ACC. The ACC is probably more on shaky ground than the Pac-12 is. I, I think if ACC gets Notre Dame and West Virginia, they will be solid. Yep. Uh, yeah. And that would even out whatever they're talking Those about. Those two solid programs. Because when you start looking at just Notre Dame alone and you start putting them with a Fox or SEC type contract with CBS and ESPN uh, as an as affiliate, now you're starting to get into maybe not what the SEC may be able to bring, but you probably could get close. Um, you know, if you put the NBC with the ESPN, you know, mm-hmm. deal just very similar to what CBS and ESPN does for the SEC. Right. If you can marry those two together now, because if you bring NBC in, they can run whatever games they want. Just like I say, like CBS, and you can have more games, more highlighted games uh, on NBC, and you know, I think that'll be the right move is to find that network. And if they could bring Notre Dame in, because that's, that's like the, they're, they're the, they're the key to all of this. Mm-hmm. If they could get Notre Dame to just say, Hey, we'll jump in with you. You can come in and, and, and we can help, help. I mean, you can help you, you help us, you know, this is a win-win situation. You're already in every other sport. I mean, all right, let's, let's make it happen. This fine yeah. way to make it happen. Uh, you have a relationship with NBC. We have a relationship with ESPN. And so let's marry those two together and let's get get the next big contract. A lot of that depends on how much does NBC want to get in the game. Because if you look at NBC's sports lineup, well, yeah, they have the Olympics, they have Sunday night football, and Notre Dame football. And right. Have- That's it. I would think – I would think they're gonna want to they're gonna want to dive deeper in, and they just gotta find an entry point. And I think if if I if I'm guessing correctly and looking at all the tea leaves, the logical conversation is a sit down between NBC, Notre Dame, and the ACC, and saying how can we make this all work? Uh, because that that makes the most sense. Because because listen. Much like the SEC, like you said, Charlie, much like the SEC is on CBS and that works well and that marriage of ESPN and them, that ACC, Notre Dame marriage, NBC could work just as well, if not better in some aspects, because Sunday night football rules the day. Right. So now you got the, the perfectly logical launch pad for a marketing strategy of Sunday night football for all of your fo- college football sports. It's a. It feels like a no-brainer, but uh, let's see how smart people really are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, I, I remember back in the day, NBC was, you know, not just only, you know, Notre Dame. I mean, they yeah. did some other, especially in the bowl games, but they were mainly Notre Dame. Notre, Notre Dame's getting all the money. See, the thing about it is Notre Dame don't want to share. 
it's very similar to right. the Longhorn Network. Like they they were just hogging all the money to, for themselves, and now they jump over to the SEC, and they got to give up that right because they want more money. And I'm like, you know, why didn't you all do that with the Big Twelve? Well, when Notre Dame was winning, that made sense. It made sense for them to say, why do we need to share? We're a dominant program without that. But now that they're Notre Daming most of the time, <laughs> um, it doesn't make as much sense because people – I think Notre Dame forgot that time marches on. And so unless you adjust with the times – and it's harder for them to adjust with the time than most schools because the further they get away from their past success, the less relevant they are. So like the five-star kid now who, especially if that kid is not like a brainchild, no disrespect, but we just call, you know, call it what it is. If that kid is not super duper like genius level smart, he ain't going to Notre Dame. He's not even going to consider Notre Dame. Notre Dame doesn't realize that. Well, I think they they may start to now because it's it doesn't it doesn't benefit them to keep holding on to to this stance, right? Because I mean they would be making more money now if they were in the ACC than they are right way now. More. Right now, way more. But they still holding out, and sometimes you gotta let stubborn people be stubborn. Sometimes I mean not to be morbid. Sometimes you gotta let stubborn people die out. <laughs> well, here's the reality if Notre Dame doesn't figure it out quickly. Right. Because because Kansas, you better believe those Big 12 teams right now, while they're at the meeting with the Big 12 commissioner saying all the right things, privately they're all in rooms going, listen, this ship is sinking. We got to figure out something. And, oh, and the, most poachable, the most poachable for the ACC is Kansas. That's a no-brainer. For the ACC and the Big Ten. Yeah, and the Big Ten. Probably make more sense for the Big Ten. It makes way more sense for the Big Ten. But but a Kansas-Duke game yearly and a Kansas-North Carolina game and a Kansas-Louisville game looks awfully good, too. So it it, it makes – and it's not a big travel issue. Kansas-Michigan, Kansas-Michigan State. Yeah. Kansas-Illinois. Listen, if Kansas is intelligent at all – they are quietly holding very nice lunches for their Big Ten slash ACC friends. Yeah. So I think Notre Dame that wise up quickly or they're going to be the last one at the party. And they're going to be left to turn the lights off and they're going to realize everybody's gone. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, that's the part of college football I'm looking forward to this year. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, gentlemen, what are your shout outs for the evening? Mr. Ward. Or do you have any shout outs? I want to give a shout out. We give a shout out to Charlie Ward and his wonderful daughter. Yes. Who did an outstanding job of sending home a legend, uh, along with others. I don't you know, there were others there as well, Derek Brooks and Warwick and all a bunch of others. But I just want to some other guy that won the Heisman. Yeah, there was another guy that won the Heisman. the name escapes me. But I just want to give them their their flowers. You guys did an honorable, honorable job in sending home uh, the legend that is Coach Bobby Bowden. So kudos to you, sir, and kudos to your wonderful daughter. Yes. I appreciate that. And, yes, shout out to Hope. She did an amazing job. Yes. Got a lot of praise. Uh, she blew up. Um, and uh, so I appreciate all of her teachers I don't know if they, she, I always get in trouble when I'm talking musical uh, things. I call practices, they call rehearsals or something. <laughs> Same uh, thing. Yeah. We're I talking practice, man. Uh, Ashanti, Ashanti, uh, Meredith, uh, they helped help the pianist and Hope get on the same page. Uh, I like Tanja. She's, of course, always there. Uh, helping in some form or fashion, but the Bowden family, I uh, like to shout out for them because they allowed us to uh, share uh, in the in the uh, celebration of life for Coach B, uh, who meant a lot to a lot of uh, people. And yeah. 
that people don't understand is it wasn't just his players, it just wasn't his coaches. I mean, he went and spoke a lot of places. And if you see on social media, I mean, there were a lot of people who took pictures with him and they kind of just talked about just their, that, that moment. I mean, they yeah. might not have seen him again, but just the moment uh, that he spent with them, you know, was always memorable. So uh, just kudos to the to the Bowen family uh, for allowing us to, um, you know, are, I'm grateful that they allowed us to be able to be a part of it. That's cool, man. Um, can you, do you have, is that, was that your shout out, Charlie? Yes. Okay, there you go. Uh, I just want to make sure, you know, just check. <laughs> Kenny, what's yours? I've, I've got a couple of shout outs. First shout out to my parents' dog, Kobe. Parents had to put poor Kobe to sleep um, today. Oh, wow. That was, that was my mama's dog. She loved that dog to death. And so shout out to Kobe, RIP to Kobe. And then the other shout out is to the T-shirt company who's not sponsoring us yet, who made the T-shirt that I'm wearing. So give, give, them, the, give them the whole – there you go. There you go. Shout out to the T-shirt company that has not sponsored this show yet. We're not mentioning their name until they sponsor the show. I mean, but let's go. We all need that shirt. At least I need that shirt. Me and you and your mama and your cousin too. Okay. Rolling down the street, bone bows. <laughs> Coming up, slamming Cadillac dogs. Come on, Charlie. Hey man, I miss Surely you know that song. That wasn't bumping at the at the at the, at the Warren House. What 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 is it? Outcast. That's, that's Outcast. Like, like your rookie year in the NBA. I know you was listening to that. You're not gonna tell me Anthony Mason or Charles Oakley. I'm, sure I'm sure it was something in in somebody's ears. Yeah, I, I know Country Charles Oakley was listening to Outcast. No question. <laughs> there you go. So there you go. All right. Well, listen, been fun like always, man. We will be back to do it all over again next week. Um, uh, for those who don't know. That guy over there is the Hall of Wait a minute. That guy over there is the Hall of Famer, Kendrick Haskins. This guy down here over wait a minute. There it is, right there, is the Heisman Trophy winner, Charlie Ward. I'm Lloyd. Hey, hey, you forgot national champion. I apologize. The the quarterback of the national champion Florida State Seminoles, Charlie Ward. And, and then he won a little award called Heisman too. But <laughs> I'm Lloyd Spitz. Hope you guys had a good time. We'll be back next week. Y'all have a good one. And let me just find the outro button. There you go. <laughs> You've been listening to Believe in the ACC with Charlie Ward, Lloyd Spence, and Kendrick Haskins. Please like, follow, subscribe, and share from the Noisemakers page on Facebook and on YouTube. And you can also listen to us on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, and wherever podcasts can be heard. And join us next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.